hello everybody this is jessica and sadie your hosts of the amazing rewatch podcast and we are here talking about season two episode three the original air date was march 20th 2002 so where we left off was the teams just visited iguasu falls and the first team to arrive the last leg were the twins and they depart the pit stop at 10 34 p.m throughout info says to go to the airport and fly to Cape Town, South Africa to find the prison cell where Nelson Mandela was imprisoned for 18 years. And I guessed that we were going to Africa, and I was right. And but I didn't, my guess was wrong. Yeah, I didn't think that it would be South Africa because we did kind of, kind of go to South Africa last season, but it was basically just like they flew to Johannesburg to then fly to Tanzania. Zambia. Zambia. (laughs) So now we get to have an actual lake in South Africa, and it was very interesting. The twins were pretty happy to hear that they were going to Africa because they said that their dad is actually from Sierra Leone, which is kind of fun that they get to kind of go back to the roots of their family. Um, Do you know how far away Sierra Leone is from South Africa, though? It's not very close, yeah. (laughs) It's, I looked it up, it's like 5,800 miles. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. later in the lake, like way far later in the lake, they mentioned to some local guy, our dad's from Sierra Leone, and the guy's like, oh. Yeah, like, he might not even know where that is. <laughs> yeah. That's like telling somebody from Los Angeles that their dad's from London. That's yeah. like the same distance apart. So Yeah, that's, a, I mean, when you put it that way, that's really far. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same, it's the same continent, and so I understand that it's more close to home for them because it's Africa, and but you know, it's. Not close at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. So right after the twins depart, Chris and Alex and Tara and Will depart. They're leaving from this remote jungle camping tent location Mm -hmm. to a smaller airport in Iguazu. Iguazu, yeah. To then get to Sao Paulo at a bigger airport to then find their flights to South Africa. So Mm -hmm. this is kind of a... I feel like this whole episode was just them flying. Yeah. Finding flights to all over the world, Mm -hmm. basically. It was kind of a mess, but interesting to see where they all ended up after being getting on these flights. Mm -hmm. And like we mentioned last episode, the twins use their fast forward and they really are not very far ahead of anybody. That really was not a very advantageous (laughs) fast forward because... Everybody leaves in the middle of the night, and there's no flights that leave in the middle of the night. So Mm -hmm. everybody is pulled up at the airport together, Mm -hmm. and there's nothing open. The twins left at 10.34 p.m., but when they get to the airport, the ticketing counters don't even open until 6. Mm -hmm. So everybody just, pretty much everybody wakes up, leaves, gets to the airport, and and is waiting for the ticket counter to get open. One thing I did see or notice that it must be very very humid where they're at because from the time they walked from their tents to the taxi to get to the airport russell's shirt was like drenched in sweat (laughs) and they hadn't even done anything yet i i'm just not familiar with humidity and it's it would be a whole it would add a whole different thing to the game to deal with humidity (laughs) yeah well our cousin pete that was on with us last episode when he lived in Argentina. I remember the stories that he would tell about how hot and humid it was there. They're basically in the middle of the rainforest, mm-hmm. so 
my favorite part of this little opening was when Danny, Danny said, what's our strategy? And Oswald said, our strategy is to get there before everybody else. <laughs> that is a perfect strategy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're funny. They had a little bit more airtime on this episode, which was mm-hmm. good because we hadn't seen some, much of them yet. But one thing that happened before we even left the pit stop was the grannies slept through their departure time. Which was supposed to be like a little bit before three o'clock in the morning. And they didn't wake up. Yeah. And Blake and Paige were after them. And Blake realized that they hadn't left their tent yet. So he walks over there and he sees that they're still sleeping in their tent. And he doesn't wake them up. Because they're like the last two teams. Yeah. And he's like, you got to do everything you can to get ahead. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't wake them up. I don't know what I would do. I don't know either. Because. Well, I first know I would not. Sleep through an alarm on The Amazing Race. I don't feel like I would sleep at all. Like, <laughs> yeah. I would be so nervous to miss something. I don't know if I would sleep hardly at all. Yeah. I would be just a zombie pretty much the whole time. <laughs> yeah. They lost about 37 minutes, which, like we said, is not going to really affect matter. them because <laughs> everything's closed. But it, it could have. It could have been detrimental. So Blake made the decision not to wake the grannies. And they did wake up themselves somehow, but... Didn't seem as flustered as I would have been. I'd have been like screaming. <laughs> like, oh no! <laughs> they were just like, oh, our alarm didn't go off. <laughs> well, the biggest grievance from Blake this episode was his outfit. Oh, what yeah. What was he wearing? I know. Like a suit jacket and a tie? Yeah. I don't understand. I was like, <laughs> he looks like a frat bro. <laughs> but... Trying to be like from. Oh. In college, yeah. I'm watching The Crown now too, oh. so that's what. I... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he has this Texas accent. It was weird. He had like a baseball cap and a tie and this wrinkly shirt with a sports yeah, jacket and then I shorts. Don't get it. I'm like, what are you wearing? <laughs> Why did you bring that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you wasted your precious backpack space to bring that outfit. Yeah, he didn't wear it long, which was also a weird thing. Well, they none of them left until almost 24 hours after they got to the airport because there was no flights available so we can talk about that now them struggling to get the tickets so Mm -hmm. as a travel agent i just have to point out because they were talking to travel agencies and stuff inside the airport and back in 2002 to get an airplane ticket like a travel agent was who you would go to Mm -hmm. that was the main job of a travel agent was air uh, flight ticketing like plane ticketing but now We can't even do that anymore. Like, there's only certain instances when we can even book flights. So it was just kind of interesting to see the difference. But most of them connect through London. So they fly from Cape Town to London. No, not Cape Town. They fly from Sao Paulo to London. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Sao Paulo to London to get to Cape Town. Where else did they go through? Um, They had connections through Milan to London to Cape Town. Lisbon to London to Cape Town. There was people who went through Frankfurt. It was crazy. You're in Sao Paulo in Brazil in the Southern Hemisphere trying to get to Cape Town in the Southern Hemisphere. But everybody has to go to Europe Europe. and then back down to South Africa. It looked awful. It it was a mess. And then there was an instance where they were at the American Airlines ticketing counter and a bunch of teams were there at the same time. And 
they were like, stay in line. The grannies were like, stay in line. You know, we were here for an hour and a half. And then Blake and Paige walk up and there's just like a agent not doing anything. So they walk over to her and ask her for help and they get, like, she gets them a ticket. And then they that, didn't get a ticket. They just got information from her. Oh, okay. They like rubbed people the wrong way. Yeah. I think people are starting to not like Blake and Paige. And I, they didn't, the grannies that were standing there, they didn't mention anything to Blake and Paige about not waking them up. Yeah. I don't know if they knew that they knew that they knew <laughs> that they were sleeping <laughs> through it or what. But yeah, anyways. I don't know. I mean, there wasn't that much drama. It was mostly just people struggling to get to actually where we need to be. Yeah. I don't know if I feel like Blake and Paige were in the wrong in that instance either because it seemed like everybody wanted to talk to this certain agent because she had talked to the first team and so she knew what they wanted and they all wanted to talk to this lady. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to wait for that person and there's another person to help, then don't get mad when another team Mm -hmm. goes to talk to that other person. I don't know. That's how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. This airport drama is really takes a lot of the episode. Mm-hmm. We're cutting it down a lot, but it was a lot. It took a long time for them to explain this, say where everybody was going to. I mean, I guess that makes sense. That's what the whole show is about. But oh and my we gosh. like kept going so back and forth because the teams all left at such different times, and we're arriving at different times. So. You have teams that are doing the tasks and then you go back to the people on the airplane and then go back to people doing the tasks and then go back to people at the airport. Mm -hmm. So it was very, it felt kind of chaotic. And poor Peggy and Claire, they (laughs) just did not luck out on these flights because they had to go from Sao Paulo to New York City to London to Cape Town, right? To Johannesburg, then Cape Town is what I... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they had three layovers. And that was after they'd already flown from Iguazu to Sao Paulo. <laughs> I just cannot even imagine. I think at that point I'd be like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's no way. I'm sorry. I know. It's like at that point, it's like, I wouldn't even get on the plane. You know you're going to be last. Everybody else had like one connection and they had three. I would be like, oh, um, we'll just go like, home. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we'll land like, in New York and then go home. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but they, I don't know if that like gives away too much of what's going to happen, but it's pretty obvious from the beginning what's going to happen. Yeah. There's with them. no way around that. But that is a very long day of travel. Mm-hmm. Two two days probably of travel. But then we have the teams starting to finally arrive in South Africa, and Gary and Dave, Oswald and Danny, and Tara and Will are the first to arrive at 7 a.m. And they get the clue that they need to take the ferry to Robin Island. Did he call it Prison Island? Or who, did, who? Phil. I swear I heard him say Prison Island. And then when, like, the name of the place um, showed up on the screen, it said Robin Island. So I don't know where it got Prison <laughs> Island. I don't know. I didn't, don't think I heard Prison Island. I have no idea. Anyway, it's seven miles offshore. Before we proceed, I want to give a little bit of... Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. Well, Cape Town is only one of South Africa's three capital cities. Okay. Which I didn't know you could have three capital cities. I didn't. Well, I did know that. Cape Town and Pretoria and Johannesburg? I think so. Um, It's like they say it's the legislative capital of Hmm. the country. I don't know. It's the oldest founded city and the second largest there was a population of 4 million in 2016. 
So this city is known for its marina and its landmarks like Table Mountain and Cape Point. And it's one of the places that I actually would really like to travel to. Like hiking Table Mountain and seeing all the history there. I think it would be really interesting. I would love to go there. It has a really long coastline on the Atlantic and it is known as the country's mother city. So like we mostly say on pretty much every episode when we're doing like the history of geography, there was obviously natives there before it was founded by Europeans, but there's not much written history when it comes to that history. So what they say is that it was founded by Dutch traders in 1652 Obviously, we know there's people there before then, mm-hmm. but it wasn't written history. And it was as used as a supply point for ships sailing from Europe to India and in the Far East. And then Great Britain took control in 1795 of this city specifically. And then, you know, you have the rest of the history of South Africa with apart- apartheid. Is that how you say that word? Ap- apartheid. Okay, I just <laughs> I just have to say something, and Jessica is, might be one of the only people that know what I'm referencing, but the correct emphasis on the right syllable. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, I've heard that phrase before. But... What was that science teacher at our high school? Oh, uh, Mr. Nelson? No. Mr. Brewer? No. Mr. <laughs> In the high school. Oh, the high school. At the high school. Uh, oh, Mr. Staker. Yes. He would always say that. He was a science teacher and every he would always say, put the correct emphasis on the right syllable. Anyways, <laughs> it makes me think of apartheid. Then we know the rest of the history of South yeah. Africa. And that has to do with Nelson Mandela. But When I think of apartheid, I think of that Disney Channel original movie. Was it The Color of Friendship? Yes. That one was so good. It was a good one. That was prime childhood for us. We should rewatch that one. We should. I, it was like one of the ones that's like very, it stands out to me. Yeah. Back before streaming, like everything was on streaming, they used to actually show it a lot in February because of Black History Month. Oh, uh, yeah. So. We're recording this in February. Yeah. So maybe we can find it on the Disney Channel. <laughs> yeah. Or we can just find it on Disney Plus. Yeah. All right. Back to. <laughs> back the, to the game. All these flights all <laughs> around the world. I, it was uh, crazy. So they go to this island where the prison was, where Nelson Mandela was in prison for 18 years. And then there's a ferry to take them there. It seems like it leaves every hour. And man, does that ferry leave on time? Mm-hmm. Because many of these teams miss the ferry by like five seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Gary and Dave almost got on that first ferry before everybody else. And they missed it by literally like seconds. Mm-hmm. So they were on the ferry eventually with, it was Gary and Dave... Will and Danny yeah. and Tara and Will. Tara and Those Will. first three teams. They kind yeah. of were together most of the leg. I think that's the part that really put them together. The clue that they receive inside the prison cell says to go to Kalk Bay Harbor. As these guys are getting the clues, Mary and Peach arrive at the airport at 945. The twins miss the 10 a.m. ferry, so they have to go to the 11 a.m. And then Mary and Peach catch up. And they also ask people... If they could cut in line, they're like, we're in a race. Can we please go in front of you? I don't know if I would ever dare do that. I think if we were on the race, we would dare. We might. I would. I would dare. (laughs) (laughs) Please. This is for a million dollars. And then here we go. Jumping back to the grannies. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of back and forth. Yeah. So their connection from New York City to London was late because of turbulence. And so they're like running through the airport. Well, not really running. They're 
moving well, fast. <laughs> Claire tries to run. Yeah. And but Peggy's like, don't we have to go through customs Yeah, first? so Claire's like, Peggy, hurry, hurry. We're going to make it. We're just going to make it. And she's like hanging back like, don't we have to go through customs? And they're like going and going and going. And they get to it. And the, the security. security's like, have you been through security? And she's like, no. He's like, well, you're, you're not going to make it. You've you have, this Yeah, flight. you have to go back through security and you're not going to make it. Yeah. So they literally were like so close. Yeah. But didn't make it after they're already so far behind and they miss this connection. That's mm-hmm. like. And they have to spend, I don't even know when their next flight left. We mm-hmm. kind of don't really even see them again until the end because they're out of it. But mm-hmm. they're stranded in the Heathrow airport. We were also stranded in the Heathrow airport. We were. So we know how that feels. <laughs> we really were. And it's. After the, what was the Zurich Switzerland airport. Mm-hmm. That was quite the story. We had a trip to London last February. It's been almost a year ago. And um, since we were going in February, you know, there's weather, snow. Our layover in Chicago was rerouted to Milwaukee. And our bags made it. (laughs) It was just Mm -hmm. all over the place. So we... We were supposed to land in London, but it was too windy, so they rerouted us to Switzerland. Yeah, we circled the Heathrow Airport like six times in major turbulence, and everybody on the plane was puking, and yeah, it was really uh, crazy. Yep. And then we landed in the most boring airport ever invented mm-hmm. in Zurich, Switzerland. It was clean, but it was very small, with literally nothing There's to nothing do. Nothing to do. <sighs> and then we went to London, and we had to wait there for our bags. So that's when we we were like hung out at the Heathrow Airport for hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. Tried to find places to sleep. There was nothing open to eat or do. We just wanted to go see Downton Abbey. Yeah. <laughs> we missed all of that, but it was still a fun trip. We were 24 hours behind, but the rest of the trip was fantastic and lots mm-hmm. of good memories. But yeah, so we have a... A connection with (laughs) Peggy and Claire. We feel for the grannies. (laughs) Um, So back in South Africa, (laughs) we see that the twins were talking to a local, and they told them to take a train to the Kalk Bay Harbor. And other people took taxis. They were the only ones that decided to take the train. Well, those three teams that were kind of grouped together, they shared a taxi, it looked like, Mm -hmm. to save money, which is probably a good idea. When you know you're kind of at the front of the pack and... You have work together. You have that leeway. Mm -hmm. So when they get to the harbor, they find the box that has the detour in there. And it says dance or deliver. So dance is you have to sing and dance for tips with a dance troupe there on the harbor. And you have to get like 2,500. No, 25. What's the South African currency? Whatever the currency was. Rand. So 25 Rand, but that equaled like... Two Two and a half dollars. Which isn't very much. And then the other one was deliver. So you have to carry the fish from the boat in the harbor to some scales. And you have to do 275 pounds of fish. Yeah, I would definitely dance. Oh, yeah, for sure. Two dollars and 50 cents is nothing. (laughs) Instead of carrying 275 pounds of fish. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely dance. So the first three teams did choose to dance. They didn't all want to at first. Like, Will wanted to do the fish. But then they're like, oh, let's just just all dance and get this done with. And they did it, and they did it pretty quickly. It wasn't even, like, that Yeah, it didn't crazy. even seem too hard. And there was, it looked like tourists there, too. Like, you know, locals and tourists that were there watching. And they had to put on these, like, rubber boots and, what would you even call those? Like, 
coveralls. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and that guy that grabbed Tara's face. <laughs> she's yeah. like, can I have some money? And he grabs her face and he's like, no speak English. <laughs> no, I thought he was going to try and kiss her. I thought he was too. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. So then when he, yeah, he said no speak English and walked away. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah. That route info says to take the train to Cape Town Station, then take a taxi to Langa Township to find Paradise Hair Salon in Zone 23. <laughs> That's very... A very long clue. Yeah. So these first three teams are pretty far ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. So they get to this township and find the hair salon and get the route marker or route info for the roadblock. And the description of the roadblock says, whoever chooses this task should have a strong sense of direction and a strong stomach. And what they have to do is find Ndaba Sangoma, I think is how you say it. He's a healer. And you have to buy some Epsom salt and a smiley. Is that what they called it? Yeah. Which is a sheep's head. Yeah, like a boiled sheep's head. Yeah. Which is a local delicacy, but they call it a smiley. So Skin on and everything. Yeah. If you read that you had to have a strong sense of direction and a strong stomach and you open it, it's like... Go find the salt and a sheep's head. I'd be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, I would know it would be bad, but that sounds pretty bad. Yeah. They didn't have to eat it, though. Yeah. It sounded like Which they did at the I, beginning. Yeah. I was a lot of them thought that they were going to eat a sheep's that. head. But the healer was, would make a drink remedy with the Epsom salt. So they have to deliver the Epsom salt to him, and he would make them a drink that they had to drink. And that didn't seem like it tasted that great either, but that's better than a sheep's head. Oh, yeah. I'd rather take a shot of something gross than eat a sheep's yeah. head. Yeah. I mean, our I mean, grandpa is a sheep farmer. We've eaten lamb our whole life, but never the face. Mm-mm. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'd eat pretty much anything to be on this race, but just the looks of it. I know. It's just like smiling back at you. Yeah. That's probably why they call it a smiley. Yeah. <laughs> um, these first three teams, they're not like in a super big rush or they're not like stressed out so they're kind of just chatting with the locals and making friends and stuff yeah it seems nice oswald makes a really good friend with a local and they're just chatting and he's like what are you doing here and stuff like that like really nice Cuba, and then the guy says i'm trying to find a job and also will points out at this time yeah me and tara are getting along really well and you know i really i really love her i still love her and it's like, well, this is not a very stressful lake for you guys. You're yeah. at the front and nothing bad has happened. And there's been other times already that you guys have not been nice to each other. So <laughs> don't get your hopes up. <laughs> so these three teams complete the roadblock and they get the next clue to go to the pit stop, which is Lanzarek, Lanzarek Manor and Winery, which is a very different setting than everything else that we've seen in South Africa. Like the people, because we can go to Mary and Peach now who are on the train going to this Linga township mm-hmm. and they talk to some people on the train and they're like, don't go there. You'll, your stuff will get stolen and you'll get killed. And mm-hmm. they're like, uh, <laughs> okay, we're kind of scared now. So, I know. And it was just, it seemed like a really poor town with the shack houses and there's a leg like this on every season i feel like where it's like that culture shock and you go to these really poor places and they just feel really bad Mm -hmm. yeah it would be really hard to be in that situation and you're like trying to just run around and help me help me give me this i gotta go here you know and Mm -hmm. not not being like you know appreciative of what you have and 
stuff like that. But um, when they were just standing there, Mary was doing the, the roadblock and Peach was handing out sunglasses. cute little cheap plastic sunglasses to the little kids and making them happy. And it was cute. Yeah. But it would be hard to just like sit there and look like watch what their life really was like and know that you were leaving in just a couple of minutes and never coming back. We had a conversation like this like before we watched the episode just barely because mm-hmm. we were talking about the earthquake in Turkey and Syria and just like the devastation there and it just makes you really appreciate what you have when you see what people don't have. Yeah it's their everyday life and it's devastating and we think our life is hard when you know it's yeah. not hard <laughs> we're very lucky yeah i mean the hard stuff happens to everybody but compared to others it's not that hard and to be in this situation like this like them in south africa in like the slums it'd be you know one of those eye-opening moments yeah definitely definitely makes you changes your perspective and gives you an appreciation for what you have mm-hmm yeah, my notes right here say it's really hard to recap this because they're all far apart and it's back and forth. Uh, yeah, so one thing that I was like, where where are the twins? Because they were on the second ferry with Mary and Peach. Mary and Peach are finishing their roadblock and the twins are just getting to their detour. Because they asked a local, they were on the same ferry to the yeah, island. Yeah. They asked a local how to get to Kalk Harbor. Oh, and, and he said to so take, take the train. train, and Mary and Peach took a taxi, and they did it way faster. They're yeah, like, the local said the train was cheaper and faster. Yeah, so Mary and Peach not. are on their way back to the pit stop, and the twins are just getting to do the sing and dance thing. <laughs> and this was really funny, because they look very tall. Well, they started, they started to do the fish one. Mm-hmm. They arrived at the same time as Blake and Paige, and they saw how fast Blake and Paige did the detour the dance detour and like got the tips so they're like oh we're switching mm-hmm. and then they tried to put on the, the outfits and they were so small yeah it was they like fun. couldn't even stand up straight <laughs> <laughs> and then right after them cindy and russell and chris and alex arrive and they do they both do the fish and they do it pretty quickly and chris and alex help cindy and russell finish their 275 pounds of fish and kind of create a relationship with them cindy and russell at one point were like they seem nice but we're still going to keep our eye out, which makes sense. Like, yeah. even though you think you have friends, when it comes down to it, you're all racing for the same prize. And there's certain certain times that you can't be friends because you have to, you want to win. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I guess we didn't specify earlier who checked in when, those top three teams. So team number one to check in at the winery was Dave, Danny and Oswald. Danny and, Oswald. and there's no prize. No prize. Again. So, yeah, was it just the first episode leg, one? Yeah, the first episode, the first place team got a prize, but we haven't had one since then. I so don't like I don't that. <laughs> Makes it more exciting. Tara and Will were team two, and Gary and Dave were team three, and Mary and Peach are team four. Blake and Paige and Shola and Dween stepped on the mat together and were tied for fifth place. And then Chris and Alex and Cindy and Russell check in as number seven and number eight. And they're like after dark. Uh-huh. So it is quite a bit later. One of the twins, I I mean, we can't even tell some of the non-identical people yeah. apart. So I <laughs> definitely don't know which one is Shola and which one is Dween. But one of them and one of Chris and Alex were wearing white shorts and their butts were so dirty. Oh, really? I didn't notice. So we've noticed that they were wearing jeans and mm-hmm. Tara's shorts, too. Oh, yeah. Or like... I don't know what, like, her shorts are, like, 
10 sizes too big for her. Yeah. She's, she's really skinny. very slender. And her shorts are ginormous. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? Yeah, it's weird. So the, the uh, clothing choices are very interesting and definitely never wear white bottoms Mm-mm. on this race. Mm-mm. I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get back to the grannies <laughs> who are just leaving London. Yes. After everybody has already As, checked in. Uh, and then they still have to go to Johannesburg. Johannesburg and then to Cape and then Town. <laughs> and they, they seem tired. Like, literally, they left Iguazu probably, like, two days ago. Mm-hmm. And they're just leaving London. Just been on airplanes and in airports the whole day. And they've been just, like, sleeping on floors and benches. Yeah. And benches. old ladies. Yeah. So they had oh a great gosh. attitude. I they did, but I was wondering why they didn't just like call them, in call them at the London airport and be yeah. like, you know what, everybody's already checked <laughs> in. We don't want to make you fly on two more flights because that London to Johannesburg is probably that really was long. Probably a really long flight. Yeah, maybe ten hours. Probably. And then they have to get back to America after they get eliminated. <laughs> I cannot even imagine. That makes me so tired. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they get to um, Cape Town, and they get to the route info marker, the first one, and instead of telling them to go, you know, they get to the one on the island in yeah, at the prison. Mandela's prison cell, and instead of telling them to go to, like, the harbor and do this, and then go here and do that, and blah, 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 it just says go to the pit stop. Yeah. It's like, we're not going to do So they did all that. let them skip all the tasks, <laughs> but man, they probably could have told mm-hmm. them a little sooner. And they knew... How could you not? Yeah. They knew they were going to be eliminated and... They were still happy and, like, glad that they had the experience, but I don't know if I could be in such high spirits after this round of traveling. <laughs> I would probably just be like, okay, I'm going to check into a hotel here for the next 10 days and just sleep. By the time all this happened and I would look at the cameraman in the eye and be like, do I need to keep going? <laughs> do you really need to Be real this with me. Yeah. Be real with me right now. Are we done? <laughs> Because I'm just turning around and going home. Uh, I don't know. It's a free flight to South Africa, actually. I, you can you get yeah, eliminated. Go and say you've been to South Africa <laughs> and then go see some sites. And Yeah, I wonder. So maybe this will be a question that we ask somebody who, when we get a chance to interview somebody. Some of these teams, yeah. Like, what happens after you're eliminated? Do you get to hang out? Like, they obviously I pay for your flight to get home. I don't think they go home. I think they go to, like, a holding place for the rest of until... The final leg because how they're all there yeah when the last team checks in i think they just all hang out yeah but like if you got eliminated in leg two and the finish line is in las vegas nevada okay you got eliminated in leg two in argentina and the finish line is in nevada you know a few days away like a week away or more like a, probably almost a month away yeah i don't can you hang out in Argentina for a little while and then get flown back to Nevada? So we'll have to ask that. Like, how long can you wait after you're eliminated to do what you want in the city that you're in? Like, hang out and see stuff. Yeah. And then be sent back. Back to the final destination or to your home. <clears throat> I feel like I heard somewhere that they don't go home mm-hmm. until after it's all done filming. So that they, like, so that their family's not like, oh, you were only gone for a day. You must have got eliminated <laughs> first. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, tell people. Mm-hmm. Huh. I guess I never thought of that part of it. I thought they would, like, go home, and then they had to get flown again 
to go to the finish line. So Claire and Peggy, their average placement was ninth place. Or nine, I guess. Then leg one, they were 10th. Leg two, they were 8th. And then leg three, they were 9th. So their average is nine. <laughs> and one of their interesting race statistics is they are the oldest all-female team. Ever? I think so. Unless whoever is running this amazing race Wikipedia page is not updating it. But I think they are. Because everything seem seems reliable. current. Yeah. Whoever you are, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we It's like our Bible. <laughs> Peggy does have a Facebook page. They both have a Facebook page. And they're actually both pretty active on there still. Huh. So Peggy has a lot of pictures of herself with her dogs and with what seem like children and grandchildren. And the thing that I noticed is as I was like clicking through all of her profile pictures is she has like the biggest, most pretty vibrant smile in all of them. She just seems like a very happy and lovely lady. And Claire also has some very nice profile pictures, but the last one was from 2014. Hmm. So she hasn't updated like her pictures in a while, but she shares really random videos and stuff pretty consistently. So she's still active. So she's still on there. They're both still alive as of... I was going to say, I was expecting a sadder... I know. Um, <laughs> where some are they of, now? Some of these older teams, it's always like a, <laughs> what's going to be... Because this was 20 years ago, 21 years ago now. And they seemed like they were like... Their average age was 64. So they're in their 80s now. Wow. But they're still alive and kicking and happy and... Good. That's good on news. Facebook. <laughs> good news. I was happier than I was expecting. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was setting myself up for some for disappointment. Some, yeah, for some sadness. Yeah. And usually at the end of the episode, we kind of guess where we think they're going to go next, but we accidentally watched the previews for ne- the next episode, so we know where they go next. Mm. So we won't guess. <laughs> yeah. We won't do that next time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is it for episode three so we'll see you next time make sure to follow all of our social media our instagram is called at the amazing rewatch and we all we also have a facebook group called the amazing rewatch podcast and you can email us at the amazing rewatch at gmail.com and make sure you uh, rate our podcast and leave comments and share and we really appreciate the support thank you we love getting the emails So as of the time of recording, um, our first batch of season one episodes have gone out and we've gotten a few emails from people just saying they love the podcast and that is, it makes us feel really good. It was, I was surprised at how like, oh, okay. It just is like invigorating and it makes you want to keep going. So we love hearing from you and we'll be back next time for season two, episode four. Thank you. Bye. Bye.